are locked in on a Wednesday hump day, ladies and gentlemen, on the hottest show of the streets. The number one forum for Alabama football news, notes, information, and content. This right here being in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Really excited to have each and every last one of you tuning into the channel to the show on today. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to bring to the conversation table as we do this via Tuscaloosa and streaming this to you on YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now give a thumbs up drop a like on the show and hit that subscribe button also turn all of those notifications on so that you can have the best news notes updates and analysis on your favorite program that being the alabama crimson tide speaking of touchdown alabama magazine you can purchase individual copies of the magazine have those sent to your door link will be found in the description but as always we begin the show by checking out shouting out the better half of the room show does not roll without this guy it's wednesday john ivory how you feeling Feeling great, Steven. Uh, what heck, chat? How you doing? Uh, share the show. We've got a great show for you all tonight. Make sure you don't have your family, friends miss this one. And uh, Steven, let's get it. And we want you guys to be a part of the conversation, as John mentioned. And you can be a part of this conversation. It's simple by calling 205-448-1358. Once again, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Definitely want to hear from you on your favorite program the Crimson Tide. But we start things off here with a couple of updates. First and foremost, Alabama continuing to dominate the NFL's top 100 list of 2020 as four more former Crimson Tide players made the list here. The list voted on by the players as we have Amari Cooper, Mark Ingram, Julio Jones and one Minka Fitzpatrick on the list here. Amari Cooper was voted at number 49. Mark Ingram was voted in at number 44. Minka Fitzpatrick comes in at number 35. And Julio Jones, the baddest receiver in the game, clocks in at number 11. Now, Alabama has six players on the list as of right now when you also discuss the likes of uh, Marlon Humphrey, who started off at number 86, and also Josh Jacobs at number 72. Derrick Henry's name is still out there. So does Derrick Henry crack the top 10? He could. He very well could. Derrick Henry's name is still out there, Mr. Henry. This past season, we're talking about 1,540 yards rushing at the league, 16 rushing touchdowns on 303 carries. He literally put the Titans on his back and carried the French to the AFC championship game. So Derrick Henry's name still out there, but the latest four, Amari Cooper, Mark Ingram, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Julio Jones making the uh, NFL top 100 list for the 2020, well, of 2020, representing the Crimson Tide. Also, how about Tua Tungvaloa? He has passed his test. He has passed uh, the physicals, he has passed everything required by the Miami Dolphins, according to head coach Brian Flores. So, Tua will not be on the pup list, that being the physically unable to perform list. He will practice with the team. He will practice with quarterbacks Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. He will play if the Miami Dolphins need for him to play. Now, me personally, I would like to see Miami kind of take their time with Tua, draft more talent, especially on the offensive line at the wide receiver positions and at running back. But when you draft a guy in the top five or top ten, fans want to see him play, front office wants to see him play, television contracts want to see him play. So Tua passing the physicals, passing all the tests, and he will play You know, for the Dolphins, possibly start if they need him to do so. But – this takes us into our first topic of conversation, ladies and gentlemen, where the Southeastern Conference is concerned, according to a report from one Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, the SEC is leaning, considering highly, a conference-only schedule. On today, the athletic directors, the ADs met on today. 
on Thursday. The presidents will meet and uh, sometime either by the end of this week or, or the beginning of next week, Commissioner Greg Sankey will have his decision when, uh, when, when it comes to either having a full schedule, a conference-only schedule, what will take place here for the SEC. So going back to Dellinger's report in which he was citing sources on this, the conference is right now looking at three models. It is two plus one models where the uh, the SEC would have the 10, each team in the conference would have the 10 conference games, and then you, you would have a plus one from a non-conference, or you could probably even maybe pick two you know non-conference games since there's two plus one models, I mean, the third model is the conference-only model. So that's coming from the SEC. Now, the ACC has just dropped its decision on today. The ACC has decided to go with 10 conference games and one non-conference game. It's, it's crazy how you know, Notre Dame will be is, is going to be looked at as an ACC team for just this season. So Notre Dame will be a part of the conference just this 2020 campaign and what makes this interesting is with the with the conference going in this matter here's another opportunity for Alabama for Greg Byrne maybe you look at scheduling one of the ACC opponents as your season opening matchup with you know the, the conference going with this model 10 conference games and then one non-conference game maybe an Alabama Virginia Tech or an Alabama North Carolina or in Alabama, Florida State. I know Mike Norval is trying to get that program fixed up. Maybe even an Alabama Clemson, you know, have that game week one of the college football season, Greg Byrne. That would be outstanding, seeing as how the ACC gets the 10 conference and the one non-conference game of its choosing. Now, of course, the crazy thing with this is whomever the ACC picks or teams the conference pick as the one non-conference game that team will have to travel to the ACC venue to play that particular game but I'm pretty sure if Alabama and Greg Byrne was to schedule an ACC opponent you know to start the season I'm pretty sure Coach Saban the tie would not mind traveling to the ACC and and playing that venue on the road I think it would be a pretty fun entertaining matchup I know at the end of the day we all here just want football but just so much news are coming out here as of right now. So the ACC today decided the 10 uh, conference games and the one non-conference game. In terms of the SEC, it's looking at two uh, different models here. You're looking at the two, well, three different models, excuse me, the two uh, plus one models where you would have the 10 conference games and the plus one of the 10 conference games. You could probably maybe even draw two non-conference matchups in terms of the SEC. In other news here, the NCAA actually put out a waiver here in terms of, uh, you know, if teams wanted to move their seasons up, to play on August 29th. Now, at first, you had to apply to get the waiver. Now, uh, the, the NCAA has made this available for, you know, all schools. Admit uh, uh, the COVID-19 crisis. If you feel like you want to move the schedule up, you know, play during that week zero of college football, which starts on August 29th, that Saturday, you know, teams can switch around schedules, move around, and, and get that game on the 29th. Now, you know, Alabama has a chance to do that if, if Greg Burns sees an opportunity to do that. Now, me personally, if Alabama does take the method of going to August 29th, then that would mean a fall camp would start on August 1st, and that would take a whole week of fall camp practices away from Saban and the Tide, and that's one thing that uh, – the head coach here at Alabama not trying to have that happen. You know, Saban wants all the fall camp practices. He wants all the opportunities to work with the players, get everybody caught up to speed, get everybody on the field, recognizing why we are aggressive tackling, why we are aggressive taking the angle away, why we are aggressive hunting the football, why we are aggressive playing you know, on offense as well. So even though having – the first game of the season on August 29th, though that would be tempting, that though that would be interesting, and the NCAA is permitting you know teams to do this once again with Saban, that would 
inquire or require removing, you know, a full week of fall camp practices at Alabama, not trying to um not trying to have that happen here at this point. But, you know, right now, going back to Ross Dellinger's report here from Sports Illustrated, the uh the athletic directors, the ADs of the SEC, they've decided on a conference-only model. They're good with the conference-only schedule. The presidents are the next in line, so they will meet up on Thursday. They will talk. They will debate. They will have a conversation. What do we need to do? Do we need to go to a conference-only look? Can we maybe possibly still have a full schedule? Are we going with 10 games and a plus one? Like, what are we doing? So the presidents will meet up on Thursday. They'll talk. They'll have a conversation. They'll have they'll have a discussion. And from what is gathered from the ADs and the presidents, Commissioner Sankey, Greg Sankey, between the latter part of this week, Thursday or Friday, or going into you know next week, he will have his decision on what will become of you know the SEC. But you know, for me, even though I would like to have you know a full season, you can't always get what you want. I mean, if it does end up going to a conference-only look, I would be fine with that. I mean, getting a chance to play a Florida, that'll be fun. Getting a chance to play a South Carolina, getting a chance to maybe play a Vanderbilt or play a um a Kentucky. I mean, I mean that, that'd be interesting. There are some good teams in the S. East East that Alabama could choose from, you know, to play. There are some good teams. Florida's expected to be good this year. Once again, I get it. It's not what Steve Spurrier once had it, or it's not where Urban Meyer once had it, but Dan Mullen is a good coach. He's an offensive mind. He's a decent coach. He wins your football games. Kyle Trask is a good quarterback. I like what Emory Jones brings to the table, you know, as the backup, and they've got talent. And on both sides of the football, you look at Kentucky. I understand it was a rough ride there for Mark Stoops to start off, but he's gotten the program better. He's turned the program around, and uh, more times than not, he brings in quality pieces on the defensive side you know, of the football. You know, I like what Missouri can bring to the table. You know, Vanderbilt, I know it's been rough on, on, on Derek Mason as the head coach, but he still you know, has some things quality-wise that he brings to the table. So while... I would like to see the SEC try to have a full schedule and come out with a full schedule if it happens to go to, if it has to go to. There's no other way we can do this but have a conference-only look, a conference-only schedule. And, hey, I will be just uh, you know 100% fine with that. But uh, Commissioner Sankey is expected to make that decision here coming up either on the latter part of this week or the beginning of next week. But I just thought it was interesting how they brought the uh, the visor, that not the visor, but the waiver into consideration where you could have teams either move the schedule up to play on August 29th if you felt like it, if you want to do it, if you want to take part in it, or you could just keep you know what you already have. So it's kind of a... Uh, kind of interesting here just to you know look at this dissect this and, and, and put this in perspective so but you know if, if the if, if commissioner if greg byrne if alabama athletic director greg byrne wants to do this with the acc having the 10 conference games and the one non-conference situation if alabama wants to pursue this then there is an opportunity to look at, you know, maybe a Virginia Tech, as I mentioned, maybe a North Carolina. Remember, the Tar Heels came so close to beating Clemson last year under Mac Brown, first-year head coach. If it doesn't go with a triple option play as a two-point conversion, it possibly pulls off the upset against Clemson, but there's North Carolina there. There's North Carolina State there. That's typically a good program. Florida State's there. Clemson is a viable option there. So, I mean, I mean, you've, you've played Louisville once, be, once before, so there, there's a lot of options there for Alabama if it wants to pursue, you know, the ACC. But at the end of the day, as you, the fans, have greatly have greatly stated here on multiple occasions, as, as I myself have gone over as well, no matter what the SEC does, no matter what the you know presidents finally come up with no matter what uh, Commissioner Sankey finally puts down on paper, the idea is everybody wants football. From north, south, east, west, we all want to see the gridiron game 
on the field. We want to have health and safety, absolutely. We want to make sure people are protected. People are – well, players are protected. Coaches are protected. Fans are protected. Everybody is, is on the up and up with the health and safety guidelines. We want to make sure that is a key ingredient. But along with that – after months of you know being cooped up in the home, after months of you know not having live action sports. Now, of course, we've got baseball back, and you've got you know the NBA doing scrimmages. But after months of not having you know actual live sports, you know fans, you guys just really want to get back to a sense of normalcy, a sense of socialization, and football plays. A key role in that, but that's just some news. They're coming from the SEC, according to one Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial, but got to remind you of our good friends at Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes. That's Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes. If you use the code TDA Emily's, you earn 10% off all orders over $30. Link will be found there in the description of the show. But upon our return, we get into your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats, your concerns. We're talking Alabama football, and we'll discuss it after this. Sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back into the action, folks, here on a Wednesday hump day in from the break. I'm the hottest show on the streets. For number one form for Crimson Tide football news, notes, information, commentary, and entertainment. That being in my own words with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. It's your time, Tide Nation, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in and let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And we start things off with Wayland. Wayland, what's going on, man? Happy Wednesday to you. It's a great day. It's Wednesday. I'd rather not be anywhere else but TDA. Man, I'm confused about who's going to do what, whose car is parked next door. Stephen, try to try to straighten all this tornado out in my head. I got a headache. I got a headache. I mean, um, I mean, wait, wait a minute. You have a headache. I'm trying to sort this out myself because you got, you've got the ACC who released today that what they're going to do they're going to have 10 conference games and then one non-conference game. And just for this year, Notre Dame will be a part of the ACC. So even in the one non-conference game they're going to have of each team within the conference, the opponent has to travel to the ACC venue. Okay, I get that. So the SEC, you look at the ADs are saying, well, we're looking at more of the conference-only model. And then the presidents, they have to decide on Thursday. There's three different models they're trying to pick from. At this point, th- at this point, this has become uh, this has become a hard math equation for me, and I'm just ready for football. Exactly. I feel like I'm back in school having to do one of them math problems. It took a whole page to do it, and then at the end, you still don't know what you were doing. But anyway, wait, 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 wait. I felt back in the ninth grade again, and that was my awkward stage. <laughs> I feel the same way. I tell you what, I'm gonna take that till we get off here about three of these ibuprofen. But you know, we we hadn't mentioned Whitwell Sports, and uh, uh, and we hadn't mentioned uh, Matt Cadell in the poem. So we done us a poem here with them in it. We want to recognize those and uh, everybody in the chat. Hello, uh, all the love out there. I appreciate it. Uh, hope everybody has a good Thursday, and we'll be back on Friday. And we're going to light the end of the Wednesday show up like this, Stephen. Here we go. It's TDA, three days a week. It's Justin, John, and Stephen on the Alabama beat. 
Matt Cadell sometimes joins the show. Man, he's got a head full of knowledge. That cat knows the nose. Whitwell Sports tells us to wave the title towel. They're located in Tuscaloosa along with Big Al. But you better listen. Now, here we go. We all know Stephen gets so excited talking about the Bama News. Sometimes he slips off his shoes. Right before the break, he talks about Aunt Emily's pound cake. He said it's so sweet. On Monday, he said his feet was each. Uh-oh. So everyone remember the super chat. We all need to slip a little money in the TDA hat. Y'all have a great Thursday. We'll see everybody on Friday. Bye-bye, Steven. Appreciate that, Wagner. He continues to outdo himself, John. Wagner continues to outdo himself. We got another caller here in the queue. You're live on it, on words. What's going on? What's up, Stephen? This is Sean from Huntsville. What's going on, man? What's going on, my man, Sean? What's happening with you? Man, I love Waylon calls, man. I love I love Waylon's calls, man. He the man, man. He's definitely the man. I mean, he, he continues to outdo himself. I mean, every time you feel like he's got the poem of the year, he has another one. So he he's kind of like the Nick Saban of poetry, outdoing himself. I know, right? <laughs> I know, man. So listen, man. So as far as this um, – if they go with the all-conference schedule, would that just to confirm? Would that make Georgia our first game? Like it would. They it, keep would. It, would they keep uh, it? it 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 would unless unless you pull you know two uh, unless you pull two teams from the SEC East. Well, unless you pull one team first to have to be that opening matchup prior to Georgia. But if you don't pull the two teams from the SEC East to kind of give you some practice, some practice run there before the dogs come to town September 19th, you would open the season against Georgia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, would they, would they, would they um, keep that schedule? Or would they push the season back to that game, being that that's our first legitimate SEC game? Would they replace the first two games to start on time? And, I got a lot of questions about that, man. A lot I mean, of it, questions. It's, it's, it, I'm telling you, it's a crazy math problem, man. Because after yeah, the, a- yeah, the ACC right. just said, after what the ACC said today, and then, uh, of course, all the the ADs in this conference and the SEC, they want the conference-only model. The presidents have not said anything yet, so they will speak on Thursday. And then once all of the rigmarole is done, then you have to still wait on Commissioner Sankey. I mean, this is one moment where I don't envy him because he has the biggest job on his plate. Once all the deliberation is done, he has to come back and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We feel like this is the best possible situation to not just have football but have it safely. I want football. Everybody else out there wants football, but we're just sitting here waiting like dogs, waiting for that scrap of meat to see what Sankey's going to do. I tell you this too, man. Whatever they decide, they got to decide quick because, man, this is about to be the end of July. They got four weeks to practice. They go. I mean, if you keep the regular schedule, they're supposed to win in pads two weeks. Like, they'll be going in pads if this was regular season. I think two weeks from now is when they go in first pad because you got to have four weeks of practice. So the time is ticking, bro. The time is ticking. Man. It is. It we is. Get, and and and, an and, and one person and one person that knows that is Coach Saban. So I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if Saban is talking with Greg Byrne, is talking with Greg Sankey, like guys, we gotta do something. We gotta do something, man. Let's go on and get it, and you know, just cross your fingers and pray and hope for the best, man. I appreciate you taking my call, and we will continue to support as always. Appreciate it, Sean. You take it easy. All right, bro. You too. Appreciate the call there from Sean. We continue with another call here on a Wednesday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's up, Steven? This your boy, Jay Hood, man. Call from down here in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm original from Atlanta, Georgia, but uh, my team is Alabama, man. What's going on, Steven? Man, I'm doing well. I'm trying to figure out this calculus problem that the SEC Bro, and the I'm ACC just you, doing. Steven, man. What is going on, man? Are we going to have football this year, man? What's going on, man? Okay, so, so the whole thing here right now is the ACC decided they're going to have 10 conference games and one non-conference. That's their whole move there. I wouldn't mind playing a team from the ACC being one of their non-conference opponents. The ACC, man? You think they're going to be a good game, though, Steve? You think they're going to be good? Okay, I look at this. Virginia Tech's supposed to be a whole lot better. 
North Carolina last year. Virginia Tech? They're supposed to be a little bit better this year. They're supposed to be better this year. I'm crossing my fingers for it because I was originally born in Virginia. But just getting to the SEC now, man, I mean, uh, they're going through three different models. And uh, the ADs on Wednesday, they were like, okay, we want a conference-only look. The presidents meet on tomorrow. And then Commissioner Sankey is supposed to take all of this information and between the and between the latter part of this week and the first of next week have his move. My main thing is a lot like you guys out there, just come to a conclusion and let's have football. Hey man, Steve, I'm with you on that, my brother. Real talk, man, because I'm, I'm waiting on football. I'm tired of reruns, man. I'm just being real about it, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loving Alabama. I heard what Alabama's doing. I'm, I'm proud of Nick Saban. You know, we, we, we are the number two. You know what I'm saying in, in, uh, 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 in, in the conference right now. So I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Well, hopefully, keeping our fingers crossed, high faith here that this ridiculous math equation gets solved. We get to some football. We see some contact. We see some practices. We see some games. We get back to a sense of normalcy even through this pandemic. But, uh, my man, appreciate the call. Keep listening. Hey, I, I, I appreciate it. Hey, I got one more thing. I got real one more question to ask you, Steven. Uh, who, uh, what's, what's our schedule looking like, though, man, since we're not playing USC, man, real quick? Well, right now, right now, we would look at possibly Georgia as the first game of the season. We're looking at Georgia, and that's if you go to conference only. That's if you go to conference okay. only. If you don't go to conference only, there's been talk of BYU floating in the, as the first game of the season. You know, BYU's been floating out there. I, I would have loved to have played Notre Dame to start the first game oh, of the you season. Play Notre Dame, man. I would have loved Notre Dame, but Greg Burns shot that down. <laughs> I would have liked TCU to start the season, but there's no talk of that oh, either. TCU, that, now, hey, that might be a square game now. Now TCU in Alabama, that might be a good game now, man. It has all the potential. You know what? Th- th- there's been so much smoke going around. I just want to see some concrete information come across the desk. That's all I want. I just want some concrete information coming across the desk. But, man, we appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. Hey, I got you, Steve. No problem, man. Prayers up to all of y'all, man. Y'all be safe. All right, Steve? Take it easy, man. Appreciate the call. Man, we got a fired-up right. caller here on a Wednesday. I, I like that. I enjoy that. We continue with the calls here on a Wednesday. You're alive on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hi, Steven. How you doing, man? Going pretty good, man. Pretty good. All right. Um, I may not be as fired up as the last guy, but... um. I don't know. I, uh, I heard your report earlier, and I'm just—I don't know. I'm just—I'm getting really, uh, really ticked off, man. I mean, you are. I am. A lot of people are because this this report came out, you know, prior to the show starting. Coming from, and it was multiple reports here. The first one from the ACC was, you know, Brett McMurphy of Stadium, and then the ACC site itself put the report out on what they're trying to do with the 10 conference games and the one non-conference, but the SEC going through three different models, and then the ADs have made their pitch. We're waiting on the presidents to speak on Thursday. Once again, I don't envy Commissioner Sankey because he has to take all of this information, process it, and then make his move for the entire conference. At this point, it's can we just concrete it down, get this semen down, and get to – you know, having football. Get to let's start the practice. Let's start. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch. I didn't mean to catch Ross Stephen, but that's kind of why I am as well. I mean, who who are we going to play? I mean, what, what are they doing? Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 that's and that's the biggest question right now. Who who who's the team? I mean, we we we've had a lot of teams float out here. We've had BYU float out here. We've had. Uh, we've had TCU float out here, Notre Dame float out here. None of these three, we've, we've, we've got no concrete information on any of those three. And if you go conference only, do you look at Georgia being the first game of the season on September 19th, or do you pull two teams from the SEC East to be practice, you know, to be teams before you take on Georgia? I just want concrete information, and I'm doing as much as I can to try to get my hands on some concrete information. Well, I, I respect that, Stephen, and I think the thing that's kind of, um, excuse me, pisses me off 
is that, you know, I don't want, I feel like the SEC could really be, you know, uh, a trendsetter of some sorts or, or something like that. I don't want to feel like we're just following the footsteps of everybody else. I want to feel like, you know, we're really setting the tone on this thing. We're the, we're the, the, the freaking SEC. I, you know? I, absolutely, I, I'm right there with you. And I mean, it goes back to a conversation I had on, on Monday's show about you know, Roy Kramer didn't wait for anybody else. He was a trendsetter as the first SEC commissioner. He stepped out there and said, we're going to have a conference championship game. A lot of people were against it, but Kramer ended up being a genius. And once Kramer did that, everybody fell behind him. Everybody came after him because, hey, he was the trendsetter. He pioneered that ship right there. So I, I don't understand why it's taken so long going through so many different models to just get to a concrete answer. When can we start this thing? Who can Alabama play first? For me, upsetting for me, excuse me, is, you know, we take all this time, you know, they said they're going to go, go through all these conversations and it's almost at the very end of July, August, just like the last uh, caller, the caller before the last guy uh, said that, you know, spring, uh, fall practice or fall camp is going to start in, in the next week or two, you know? And I don't want to take all this time and then all of a sudden they say, oh, we're going to do a, an eight-game or a ten-game uh, all-conference schedule, you know? I mean, I, that, that to me would be a, a huge letdown. I mean, I'm okay. At this point, if it's BYU, it's BYU, all right? But let's just get somebody on the schedule and let's just figure this thing out. I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be this hard. I understand the, the protocols that we got to take, but the pandemic is very important. I would never want these athletes and these students and these coaches to risk their, their lives from the fans and all that. I get all that. But at this point, you know, don't play with people's lives. I've been, you know, an Alabama fan for as long as I can remember. You know, my parents got season tickets and all that. You know, and there's a lot of guys who have a lot invested in this season. All right? So I just want us to finally get to some sort of common ground and just figure this thing out. I'm right there with you. I, I'm right there with you, and believe you me, I will do as much as I can to try to grab as much information as I can. But we appreciate the passion. We appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. No problem, man. Thank you. We're gonna go ahead on, and, and we're gonna go ahead on and continue the conversation. But that is awesome. We got some passionate callers here wanting football, but shouting some people out for donating here to Touchdown Alabama via the super chats here. Gotta give a shout out to my man Gucci Todd, who comes in with five dollar donation here for the super chats. Thank you to that Gucci Todd. Also, Waylon dropping in a cool four ninety nine. We appreciate that, Wagon And Spencer Revley, another one of our faithful listeners, with $5 as well. So Gucci Todd, Wagon and Spencer Revley helping us out there via the Super Chat. But we can we continue with the conversation uh, as we go to break right now. But we continue to still be locked and loaded here on the show. Upon our return, we get into Scooby Carter. Former Alabama defensive back Scooby Carter, he's going JUCO, but he still is considering, he still wants to play at the University of Alabama, and Nick Saban has kept that door open. We'll touch on Scooby Carter, the enigma that it is, along with your tweets and information chats in the YouTube chat line right after this. Want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi? Check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We are back into the action, folks, on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Alabama football news, notes, and information in my own words with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got the man John Ivory in the production room, as always. Continue, folks, to drop that thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, and turn those notifications on. 
so that you can have the best in news, notes, updates, and analysis on your Crimson Tide. We appreciate everybody that's been uh, going into the call-in segments. You guys have been really lighting us up in the phone lines. Also, continue to light us up in the YouTube chat line as well. But we go into one uh, Scooby Carter here. There was an article that came out over the weekend on last week. I don't know how many folks caught the article, but before I even dive into that, there, before I even dive into the article here, aside from the 2021 recruiting class that's really taking a step forward, taking a jump up, and the 2020 class that was really good, between the 2018 and 2019 signing classes, there are lie three enigmas three enigmas lie combined within those two classes and uh, the definition for the word enigma is uh, something that's mysterious something that's hard to understand difficult to understand you can't pinpoint down why it had to happen and uh, for these three players I'm about to name between the 2018 and 19 classes. You know, you ask the Crimson Tide fan base, you wonder at times, what went wrong with these three? What happened? What transpired? What was the issue? What made it to where they couldn't get right at Alabama? Those three guys, Ayabi Anoma, Antonio Alfano, and then one Scooby Carter. Alfano and Anoma, both of those two guys, five-star pass rushers, five-star, you know, edge rushers, big-time talented recruits. And, you know, they get to Alabama. Anoma, you know, raw, you know, kind of raw guy, needed to be a bit more coached up, got to get more refined. But the talent was right there. He had some emotional issues, some emotional problems. He ends up going to, you know, leaving Alabama for the University of Houston. It doesn't work out there. And now he's at uh, UT Martin. And then you have Anoma, of whom, once again, five-star, big-time talent. But I guess he saw the likes of uh, DJ Dale and Justin the Boy B, Byron Young, Ishmael Sopsher, Braylon Ingram, those guys stepping off the bus at 300-plus pounds, looking like grown men. And Alfano steps off the bus at 270, 280 pounds, not quite physically there yet in terms of being ready to, to play. And when you have Nick Saban talk about, well, he just quit on the team, you wonder why? What happened? What caused this to transpire? Because if Alabama had either one of those guys, if not both this past season, they would have played. They would have they would have been on the field. It would have been more pass rushers for Alabama. And then, same thing with Scooby Carter. Was a four-star guy, not talent from Mansfield, Texas, uh, six feet, 186 pounds, uh, had some issues. He got suspended against Mississippi State from missing class, did not play in that game. He's been in and out of the, of the transfer portal. I remember on March 11th, he was arrested in Tuscaloosa for, you know, third-degree domestic violence. Of course, the case got dropped. And according to the report that came out over the weekend from 247 Sports, you know, Carter, his family, and Coach Saban, they've all been in a conversation where Scooby's like, let me start over. Let me go somewhere where I can play, where I can have a fresh start, where I can have a fresh opportunity. So they've set things up to where he goes to – Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. So, you know, Scooby Carter's going to JUCO, but he has all intentions at some point coming back to play at the University of Alabama. He wants to finish his career, you know, with the Tide, and Coach Saban has kept that door open. He's left that door open for Scooby to come back and finish with Alabama, whether that being in the 2021 season or the 2022 season. If he comes back 2021, he would be a redshirt sophomore. 2022, he would be a redshirt junior, just seeing how he only played in three games this past season. There have been a lot of times where you know, fans have looked at the situation where Coach Saban is concerned, and for some of you it's like, you know, why does Coach Saban give these young men chance after chance after chance after chance after chance, and they just throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. Throw, I mean, at some point, can Nick Saban just you know, boot him off the team? That's what some people think. That's the idea that some people have. But, you know, Coach Saban, not one of those guys, because in his mind, it's I can kick him off the team, but if I kick him off the team, what will, what do they actually learn? What do they actually, how can they grow from being kicked off the team? Whether Nick Saban would rather have the mentality of, you know, taking them through 
a taking them through a process, a situation where he shows them not just the error of their ways, not just what they did wrong, but how can we grow from this? How can we build from this? How can we create a positive to where you understand what you did wrong? You know you messed up, but we have it to where you do something that makes you better for it. You do something that you can impact the lives of other players, other teammates, other individuals, and, and be better for. Case in point, when I look at Scooby Carter, and you know he's a young man, young guy, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid who, uh, you know, some guys come in mature, and some guys come in to where, you know, they mess up a little bit. And, you know, it takes them, you know, learning from that mistake to get the gist of, okay, I had something good. I squandered it. Let me let me learn what I did wrong. Let me go somewhere else, have a fresh start, learn what I did wrong. And that way, take these lessons. So that way, if I get that chance to come back to a program I want to be at, I'm better suited for it. Case in point, we all remember one DJ Petway. 2012, DJ Petway came to Alabama from Florida. A high-quality high quality athlete. Played a huge role on that 2012 national championship team that beat you know, Notre Dame in the, uh, the BCS title game. But Petway was also the guy on February 11th of 2013, he was one of four players that, you know, assaulted two UA students in two separate incidents where they beat these guys up, they took cash from them, stole a laptop, stole actions cards, stole credit cards, uh, debit cards, took a lot of things from these two students, and uh, they were dismissed from the program, they were expelled from the campus, I know for a fact DJ Petway was very upset, very hurt, very frustrated because he knew he had messed up. He ends up, like Scooby Carter, taking the JUCO route to East Mississippi Community College, but he learned from that mistake. Coach Saban brought him back to Alabama in 2014, and in 2015 played a huge role in Alabama getting that national championship, and now you know he's a coach at the University of Tennessee, a quality control coach on Jeremy Pruitt's staff. So we have seen moments where players have messed up. Players have made mistakes. Nick Saban has held on to Geno Smith, who had issues. He held on to you know, Dylan Lee, who had a DUI at one point in his career. He worked around Tony Brown, who throughout his career, it seemed like Tony Brown was getting in trouble every single day, if not every other day, but held on to Tony Brown. I remember at one point in time when uh, uh, Kenyon Drake, at the early part of his career, stayed in Nick Saban's doghouse. But Coach Saban held on, worked with Kenyon Drake because Saban is all about the totality of the human being. Of course, we all remember the incident that happened with uh, Cam Robinson and Hootie Jones a few years back. But Saban, once again, staying around those players, hanging on to those guys, trying to find ways to help them not just understand, you know, you messed up, what you did was not the right thing to do, but we're going to help you here at Alabama not just learn what you did wrong, but also figure out a way to turn this into a positive and have you impact in the right way for teammates around you and, and the people around you. So for Scooby Carter, taking the JUCO route, trying to get that fresh start at Mississippi Gulf Coast, does he return, though? Does he return? And, you know, if he returns, should he return? Uh, you know, do you see him uh, being better for it? Do you see him learning from his mistake? Do you see him being a quality piece in the secondary? Because this also comes down to, you know, the guys that Alabama feels comfortable with in the secondary as of right now. Who can Alabama recruit in the, recru in the classes to come? So a lot goes into it. But if Scooby Carter was to come back to Alabama, do you as fans feel like he would be better? He would have learned from his mistake. He would be more mature in handling things. It would be, do you feel like it would be the right move for him to come back and for Alabama to bring him back in the years to come uh, when you talk about Crimson Tide football and Scooby Carter? But as you think on that, we're going to take another break here on this show. Don't touch that dial. Still just getting started here on a Wednesday. When we come back, we entertain more of your phone calls, more of your tweets, chats, questions, thoughts, concerns. Let's have a dialogue after this. 
T-Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back into the action here, folks, from the break on the number one forum for Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, fans, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. But as you're getting your thoughts together, how about Dr. Matt Ray? Dr. Matt Ray is not just working with, you know, the skill position guys in terms of speed. He's also getting these offensive line, these offensive linemen ready for this upcoming season. Check out this video here of Dr. Ray working with one Landon Dickerson, the former graduate transfer from Florida State. You know, Dickerson who played in all 13 games last year, started four games at right guard, nine games at center. You know, had a strong season, graded out at 88% at both spots. He missed just four assignments and 727 snaps for a 99.4% success rate. So a big-time player, big-time lineman. He's one of three guys for Alabama on the Outland Trophy watching this spot. I mean, um, you know, Dr. Ray, as you look at this video – you're seeing here Dickerson. It's got a little bit of a burst coming off the line. We're seeing the lateral movements. We're seeing the sideline, the sideline motion. But he's already 6'6", 308 pounds. Now, Dickerson's already the, the nasty, physical, aggressive, uh, you know, moving body at that center position for the tie. So j just imagine if he gets even faster with his speed. Could you just picture somebody 6'6", 308, Mean, nasty, physical, ready to get his hands on you, and then he's moving at 100 miles per hour? I don't even want to think about that. I don't even want to think about that. But that's what Dr. Ray is trying to get Landon uh, Dickerson along with other guys doing. But we actually have a call now in the queue. You're live here in my own words on a Wednesday. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, big dog? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just talking to uh, some Matt Ray, working with Landon Dickerson here, trying to get the offensive line moving faster than the speed of light. Yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, I was listening to the calls earlier, man. They was all fired up. I said, I got to get a piece of this. Uh, I want to know what your thoughts is, uh, Stephen. Uh, what do you think about how the, how, how the play is going to be this year? I think the players going to be this year. Well, we can get this season underway. I feel like the players are going to be fine. I feel like the players are going to be better than fine, especially on defense. I mean, uh, you know, Christian Barmore is a man possessed. He's ready to play. DJ Dale is healthier. LeBron Ray is back. Dylan Moses just won't football. I mean, if we can get the season started, then uh, the players are going to be more than ready to play on both sides of the ball, but particularly, especially on defense. All right, all right. Yeah, I just want to know, man, because, you know, I, I've been trying to follow as much as I can, but, you know, I don't know. But, you know, if we don't got practice or nothing like that, I try to see all the videos, but I ain't really like how we finished the season last year. So I just want to know what you thought, how they was going to do this year. If they're hungry or whatever you was hearing. So, you know, if, if you feel good about it, I'm good too, there, big dogs. Hey, I feel good about it, man. I feel really good about it. I mean, I know they didn't finish the season right the last two years, but this is a group that, Song last season, as I mentioned, they looked at Coach Saban. Coach Saban looked at those guys, and, and they knew, you know, when, when we don't listen to Coach, we officially see what happens. We're not the team we need to be. So this year, everybody is going to be wired into focusing in on what Coach Saban's teaching, what he's telling these guys, and, and doing the right thing, play, and, and just playing assignment football. Do the right thing, do your job, and play assignment football. But appreciate the call, man. Those guys are going to be focused on playing assignment football. But just finishing up here, this topic here on 
you know, Dr. Matt Ray and, and Landon Dickerson, he's trying to get these guys faster here on the offensive line as well as other positions for the Crimson Tide. Also, you know, there were two, there's, there's three former Alabama players in the NFL that are choosing to opt out of a 2020 season, those three players being Donta Hightower, Chance Warmack, and Andre Smith, and they're doing this because of the coronavirus concerns. When you talk Donta Hightower, his mother is actually dealing with type 2 diabetes. You know, Hightower's mom, you know, has with the compromised immune system there. That's why Hightower is raising money via the, uh, the American Diabetes uh, Association. And uh, just recently, Hightower became a first-time father. A couple of weeks ago, gave birth to a young uh, his wife, his uh, fiance, gave birth to a young son. So, you know, he wants to be around his family, <clears throat> taking that family into consideration. Along with, you got Chance Warmack, of whom uh, has family members that have dealt with illnesses. So he's trying to keep an eye on himself and, and, and the family. And also, Big Andre Smith choosing to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. But we take another break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. Still continuing Crimson Tide football. Upon our return, we look at the Alabama secondary. Nick Saban continuing to experiment with that group. And we'll talk about the experiment after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Rocking and rolling, folks, on a Wednesday hump day. Number one source for Crimson Top football news, in my own words, George Truly, Stephen M. Smith, keeping all fingers and toes crossed for a college football season, as, as, along with you guys out there as well. We appreciate everybody tuning into the show on today as we look at now the uh, Alabama secondary. Crimson Tide secondary. Nick Saban continuing to experiment, you know, with this group. And I think this group with uh, Carl Scott as the corners, as the cornerbacks coach and Charles Kelly as the safeties coach will be much so improved, will be much better in this season. But the experiment comes into play where when you look at Patrick Sertan, Josh Job, and one Jalen Armour Davis are concerned. And Patrick Sertan there's been an interesting conversation. Does Alabama keep him at, at keep him at outside corner? Does Alabama move him to nickel? It, it's it's not sure as to what Nick Saban is going to do here because this is the time where he typically looks to see what spot can I put you in where we can get the most, the maximum effort, the most production, the most uh, performance, positive performance that being out of your play. So you look at. You know, does Sertan stay at that right corner spot? Does he move to nickel? As of right now, he is looking at being still in that right corner spot. And once again, he's not a terrible player. He's a good player. He's a strong player. He's a solid guy, five-star athlete. The last two years, 79 tackles total, 15 pass breakups, three interceptions. The main deal is, can he get a year where, you know, he's making those splash plays and really controlling, limiting, locking down of the best competition in college football. That's the main thing for Sertan. It's almost like when Minka Fitzpatrick came in in 2015, Coach Saban was always about, we got to find what's the best spot to put Minka in. Yes, Minka can play corner. Yes, he can play nickel. Yes, he can play you know safety. But what's the best spot? Where can we get the most bang for our buck? The most productivity, you know, with with Minka. And 
Of course, that ended up being the safety position. So just trying to figure out here, what's the best spot here for Patrick Sertan? But interestingly, interestingly enough, you got Jalen Armour Davis here at that, well, he's trying to trying to work at that star position, that nickel roll. And Armour Davis, he came in that 2018 class along with Sertan and Job out of Mobile, St. Paul Episcopal High School. Saban loved uh, Davis's range, his length, his athleticism, his size, his ball skills, his ball hawking ability. There were a lot of things across the table that, you know, Saban really liked about Jalen Armour Davis. Now, he was hurt his freshman year, didn't play his freshman year. So now, him healthy, him having all of his knowledge of the system, if you get that size, that length, that, that athleticism as a boundary corner, a slot corner, an inside corner, and that nickel roll, that could be fun to watch there. So keep your eyes on Jalen Armour Davis, potentially, possibly, in that nickel roll. Now, for... Ronald Williams Jr., the JUCO out of Hutchinson Community College, but you know, originally from Louisiana here, he he's getting work, he's getting time in with that second team group, that second team defense. Now, am I saying he can't jump up and probably work his way into that first team rotation? He possibly could, but right now working with that second team group. Right now, the left corner for Alabama looks like it's going to be Josh Job. Josh Job is going to be the left corner. And uh, more times than not, Coach Saban, since his arrival at Alabama in 2007, he likes to put his most physical, rangy, trash-talking, jamming, uh, passionate, he likes to put his biggest dog in terms of the defensive secondary at that left corner position. We've seen this happen. Kareem Jackson played left corner. He had uh, Drake Kirkpatrick at left corner. Uh, D. Milner was at left corner. We all remember Cyrus Jones. Oh, he was short. He was a dog. Cyrus Jones was at left corner. Uh, Levi Wallace played at left corner. So uh, Even down to Trayvon Diggs played at left corner. Now, was Trayvon Diggs the dog that the other guys were? You know, he had that mentality. Of course, there were moments where you kind of looked at Trayvon and you go, well, I'm not sure, not really, not really feeling putting him right there, but at the same time, it's like, well, he, he wanted to play there. And, you know, Coach Saban said, you know what, you want to play here, we're going to challenge you, we're going to test you, we're going to try you. And he wasn't, he wasn't bad, he wasn't terrible, it was just against big-time competition. You know, th there were moments he got burned a couple of times against big competition, especially Jamar Chase in the LSU matchup, but more times than not, you know, Trayvon Diggs was a pretty, pretty solid guy. But more, but uh, on the regular, Coach Saban likes to take his most passionate, physical, aggressive guys and put them at that left corner spot. That's where you know Josh Job is going to be at. So Josh Job at left corner. You know who your safeties are. It's going to be Daniel Wright, Jordan Battle. You know what those two guys bring bring to the table. But the question will be on Patrick Sertan. Where can you get the most production from him? Will you get it at say? Will you get it at nickel, or will you get it at right corner? Because whatever spot they put him at, Jalen Armour Davis is going to play at either that nickel row or that corner row, wherever they feel comfortable putting Sertan at. Nick Saban's always been about I got to get my best five guys or my best six guys on the field in terms of the secondary, but. It'll be interesting here as Saban is always experimenting with things. But we're going to go, uh, as always, folks, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage here on the Crimson Tide. You can do so by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. It's very simple, very easy to do here. You download it from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For your audio listing needs, we got you covered here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeart. 
iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Friday continuing the talk of Tide football. Also, guys, shout out Spencer here for donating five more dollars into the Super Chat. Shouts out there to Spencer Revely. He also writes in, Bama is having football. So appreciate the confidence there coming from Spencer. But as always, Tide Nation, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. Link will be found in the description. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing those things legitimately now to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and this has been In My Own Words. 